Hello and welcome to a special edition of Power Hour with Sour Today I'm joined by the NRL.com's chief reporter, Michael Chemis. Thanks for coming on Power Hour with Sour. What are we doing on the show today? What's so different about every other week? <laughs> We've got the team of the decade, Sour. It's uh, 23 judges, some of the greats of the game, four immortals, seven Hall of Famers. They've just judged their best 17 of the decade. You're on that list of judges and <laughs> we've come up... With the greatest 17 of the decade, so... And you came up with this concept. How? Why did you think it was important to recognise the greatest team of the decade? Well, let's be fair. I stole the concept from NBA.com because they did it a few weeks ago. I thought, why not? Let's do it for ourselves here. Uh, and it does. It Look, it's a difficult you know, assignment. When you look back at some of the plays, especially earlier in the decade, you sort of tend to forget how good they were. And there's a bit of recency bias there. But, you know, we've got the likes of Phil Gould, Mal Meninga, Craig Bellamy, Ricky Stewart... You know, Bob Fulton, some of the greats of the game, best judges in the game. So this is the team they've come up with. Okay, let's get down to business. Uh, Of course, a fullback. I don't think it was any surprise there for anyone. Billy Slater dominated 22 of 23 votes. Yeah, and surprisingly missed one. It was probably uh, Mark Graham, the Kiwi legend. He put Roger Tuivasa-Shek as fullback. So he Mm. obviously... uh, a little bit of patriotism there. He's stuck with the Kiwi in Roger. Uh, hard to argue. Billy's the best fullback of the generation, potentially the best fullback of all time. And, you know, you've played against him for many years. Yeah, we hard to argue that any came close. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that, you know, a lot of this, I mean, looking at the votes, there's probably some recency bias as well in terms of, you know, not remembering that those good teams or great teams of the early yeah, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, the Manly side did, you know, missed out on a lot of votes as well. So um, Billy Slater is the fullback of the decade. We have no doubt about that. Of course, one of the greatest of the game. Let's get to the wing spots. Uh, pretty tight, this one. I myself went Brett Morris and Jared Hayne. Uh, how did the votes come up? Yeah, I think the, the majority was pretty close. Jared Hayne had the most votes with 11. Uh, the second spot there was pretty close between Semi Radradra and Brett Morris, right. but your, your former teammate got the nod by one. He collected nine votes over Semi's eight. I, I, I think that's the right call, to be honest with you, because as, as devastating as Semi Radradra was in those few years at Parramatta, Brett Morris, we forget that he was the first winger pick for Australia for five or six years there. Yes. He was the first picked for New South Wales and probably the best finisher we've seen in a long time. I know the wingers do a lot of incredible things now, but Brett Morris was probably the first of his kind in terms of being able to finish and score tries that no one else could. Yeah, he's the best winger I ever played alongside. And you go to the other winger in Jared Hayne, everyone remembers that magical run in 09, his form around the sort of early part of the decade, but it was his origin performances that most stick out in most players and, and former coaches' memories? Yeah, and look, he's not, he's not a, he played wing when he had to, but he's not a winger. He's one of the best fullbacks we've had. And, I, and with Jared, I think the debate is what what he could have been. Uh, for yeah. me, if Jared Hayne applied himself like Billy Slater, I, I think he could have been a, a future Hall of Famer, maybe immortal. He's one of the most gifted players we have seen, and we only you know, scratched the surface with what Jared Hayne could do. And it's scary what to th- you know, to think what he could have done if he actually applied himself. Okay, let's have a look at the centres as well. Of course, this is the team of the decade, voted by twenty three past uh, coaches and players as well. We go on to the centre position now. Greg Inglis was a lock. 23 uh, people voted for him out of a possible 23. But it was the other centre position. I had Greg Inglis in mind, but I had Jamie Lyon as my centre uh, in my team. How'd the voters go? Yeah, just missed out Jamie Lyon. Obviously, GI won centre there. And it was pretty close between uh, Jamie Lyon and Justin Hodges. And in the end, Justin Hodges got the nod there. One ahead of Jamie Lyon. He finished with uh, 10 votes 
Justin Hodges. So, I, it's, is that a recency bias thing because Jamie Lyon was lost to that early part of the decade? Do you think? Well, I, I think he played. I think they both finished around the same time, and he came back in this part of the decade. But what I do think is that the fact they never put his hand up for rep football. I think a lot of people would have said, you know what, wow. Justin Hodges, he's played rep footy, played for his country and his state and, and did a tremendous job. The fact that Jamie Lyon, we're only talking about him as one of the manly greats, I think probably counted against him in the votes. Yeah, and of course, uh, Greg Inglis, 23 votes. A future immortal in your eyes? <sighs> this crop is so good. I, for me, Cameron Smith, uh, Jonathan Thurston and Billy Slater, they're in that Lockyer. category. Yeah, Lockyer. But I, I think Cooper Cronk and, and G.I. might be a tear down. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Because they're not going to be able to. My thing with the Immortals is I don't want to get to a stage where we have 50 Immortals. I think that that's what the Hall of Fame is for. And um, for me, the Immortals needs to be the elite. And I don't know if you can have... If you're going to go from this uh, era, you either have Cronk or you have Thurston. And you either have Slater, well, you probably get Slater and Lockyer, but I don't think that they'll go in at the same time. Lockyer more goes in for a 5-8 and his transition there, whereas Slater goes in for a fullback. So if you're looking at Slater, Lockyer, Thurston and Smith, that's your spine, isn't it? Mm. And I think that, you know, you're right, that, that next tier may miss out. Um, speaking of Jonathan Thurston, uh, maximum votes, 23. I don't think there's any surprise there. No, 23 votes for Thurston and some of that in the number seven. Most of them in the number six, but some... Mm. In the number seven, played a lot of club football in the seven and t- sort of moved to six. What were the- his games at halfback? He played way more games at halfback, didn't he? Well, he did, and he moved to 5'8 in origin because they had to get Cooper Cronk in there, obviously. Wore the seven when Lockyer was six, but then when Lockyer retired, Cooper moved into the seven and he played the six. So I, I, t- look, it's changed a lot, the game, and the sevens and six some in some clubs play very similarly. Uh, Thurston, whether it's a six or seven, he'll go down as one of the greatest halves we've ever seen alongside Andrew Johns. Uh, as we said, potentially future immortal. The interesting thing for me was the fact that not everyone picked Cooper Cronk in their team. I thought he would have been a lock in all 23. Only received 21 only. It's a yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's a halfback role. I had So you had Thurston in your team? Yeah. I had, Thurston, I had Cronk as the halfback. 21 votes, 20 starting. Who were the... the Coaches that didn't vote him as the starters. Jeff Tuvey, maybe some bias, some manly bias. Picked Kieran Foran uh, in his side. Right. And I'm trying to, I think, uh, actually, I think it's Gordy Tallis may have left Cooper Cronk out of his team. I'm just looking through it here. Yeah, he had James Maloney in his halves alongside Thurston. Wow. And to be honest, James Maloney's achievements over this decade, he's played in, he's won two grand finals at different clubs. He's won. Played two, in another three, one for the Warriors. Yeah, played in another one in 2011 for the Warriors. Won two Origin Series the last couple of years. He's probably been New South Wales' best player over that period. James Maloney's feats are incredible. And in terms of winning, I don't know exactly the percentage, but in terms of winning percentage over that time, he'd be incredibly high because everywhere he's gone, he's had success. And he only got two votes all up. So it'd be interesting uh, to see. It's a tough category, though. I mean, you mentioned that my name was in there. I was slightly embarrassed to be considered in that uh, run of, of players, but also, you know, no one's going to beat Thurston and Cronk in my eyes. Let's talk. Let's go to the hooker because Cameron Smith was a, a no-brainer, that 23 votes. But I want to talk about the people that missed out because we've got the second team here as well, as done by the votes uh, via Michael Chambers' idea on NRL.com. Cameron Smith, 23 votes. Not one other hooker, starting hooker, uh, past or present, received one vote. Yeah, look, I'm not surprised. and it was, it was difficult when you're coming up with the second team based on that, based on zero votes for any other hooker. But... 
to me, if I had to, if you took Cameron Smith out of that category and you had to vote on the second best hooker of the decade, I'd go Isaac Luke. I think people forget what he did at the early mm. parts of the decade and how devastating he was for South Sydney and their run in 2014. So uh, we heard from Sam Burgess as well earlier. He, um, on the show, we covered for the team of the decade and he spoke about Isaac Luke was the player who made him look the best throughout his career and that combination they had. So uh, look, there's some good hookers in that generation, Michael Ennis, Robbie Farrow, Josh Hodgson, but I think Isaac Luke is probably your number two. Yeah, it's a tough one. For me, Farrow would definitely be up there in terms of what he's been able to do. Uh, Isaac Luke, of course. Josh Hodgson. I thought a little bit of recency bias. Maybe he might have snagged the vote, but he didn't. Uh, So the maximum votes for Cameron Smith, the future immortal. Uh, Let's go to the front row positions. Now, Matt Scott. I didn't have Matt Scott. I had uh, Paul Gallen uh, in my starting front row alongside uh, Sam Burgess, I think, as well. But... Uh, the voters saw it differently. They had Jesse Bromwich, who polled 16 votes, and Matt Scott polled 20. Yeah, it's... Was that one of the toughest ones, do you think? Well, this is hard to squeeze into your team because a lot of players, or a lot of judges wanted to get their best 17 in and picking players out of position. You wouldn't... Mm. You know, Gallons and, and Sam Burgess have played up front, but we'd say predominantly they've played at the lock position. So, Matt Scott... And Jesse Bromwich. See, Paul Gallon. Well, I think that's where I ran into trouble is I wanted to fit my best 17 positionally. Correct. And yeah. you see these teams done, whether it is in the NBA, they pick the five best players. Now, if those players took to the field, you would never pick that team as is. No. So I've always been on that side that you can pick your best 17, which Wayne Bennett would do and make it work, and Craig Bellamy with Pappenhausen and such. But... For me, I went positionally, so I pushed those guys up to the front knowing that I had some guys that are going to play back row. Well, we had some you know, an immortal Bob Fulton picked his team, and he had five fullbacks in his back line. He had mm. Billy Slater at, on, at, at number one, James Tedesco on the wing with Roger Tuovasa-Shek, and Tom Trebojevic and Greg Inglis in the centres. So, you know, some of these guys you can't leave out of your team, they felt. So, I, look, I, the forwards are hard because you, like there are players playing out of position, but uh, in terms of the most votes for the starting prop position, Jesse Bromwich... Matt Scott, uh, top of the group. Yeah, let's go to another tough position. Uh, are we missing someone in the front rows that we thought we might have got some more votes? Well, we get to the bench a little bit later, but I'm surprised Andrew Fafid. I think only three votes. Uh, David Clemmer, only one vote. Yeah. Uh, maybe two votes there. Yeah, David Clemmer, two votes. Um, Petro Sivanasiva only played a year or two towards the end of the, uh, the start of the decade, sorry. So his best years weren't there. Overall, did you find when doing these votes that you had more the latter end of the, the decade rather than that sort of 10 to, to 14 or 10 to 15 period? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the recency bias did play a factor and we sort of forget. We judge players on how they finish their careers sure. rather than yep. their peak. And I think that's probably, you know, we're guilty of that. And I think Brett Morris probably suffered a little bit from this. I think if you actually mm. remember Brett Morris at his time, at his peak, he was the best winger in the 50, game. 50 tries in two years, I think. He yeah, did. incredible. Um, he was always back first try scorer. and yeah, yeah, so I think the recency bias played a factor in that. Okay, let's go to back row. Uh, Boyd Cordner, at one starting with 15 votes. Sam Burgess, 22 votes. Who didn't vote Sam Burgess in their back row? Having a look here, uh, it's no Sam Burgess trying to figure out who would who would do such a thing. So Boyd Cordner, <laughs> that was, a, again, a dubious one. I had well, Sonny Bill Williams... Uh, and Luke Lewis I had in my team. Um, I just felt that Sonny Bill, for what he did that year coming back and having played against Sonny the year after, it was he changed the game, he changed the culture. And I know you're talking about on-field, but 
he's a massive part of what made the Roosters so dangerous on that right edge. So I had him. And Luke Lewis, for a guy, you talk about Lockyer in the transition, for him to go wing, centre, into the back row and still be playing as... You talk about how they finished. Well, he was playing as good as anyone yeah. at the top of his game. So I had those two guys. But uh, Boyd Cordner and Sam Burgess in the back row. Yeah, and Sam Burgess didn't play a lot of back row in this decade. He played yeah. predominantly in the middle as lock. So... Uh, Sonny Bill Williams polled really well, and you spoke about his influence, and I spoke to Trent Robinson about him when he put his team together and, and how he helped redefine that club and set them up for where they are at the moment. So only two years in the decade, but probably the most influential two years... Of anyone. Of anyone we've yeah. seen in a long time. So, And Boyd Cordner, the New South Wales and Australian captain at the moment, uh, he polled 15 votes. Uh, three people had him on the bench... Was that a was that a, a tight one? Well, who who was who else was in contention? Well, Boyd Cordner and Sonny Bill Williams both polled fifteen votes, but Boyd had polled twelve in the starting, starting side. So we gave got the nod, got the nod ahead of Sonny Bill, and we'll obviously discuss a little bit later. But Sonny's on the bench in this team; he has to be in the seventeen, uh, fifteen votes yeah. as well. So. Uh, Sam Thiday surprised me. Not many votes. I think people forget how good Sam was as well yeah. because he, as we said with Brett Morris, first player pick for Australia on the wing. He, he was the first back rower pick for a long time. For a long, and for Queensland as well. Uh, let's get to the lock. Of course, the powerhouse that is Jason Tumalolo. 22 votes, uh, 16 starting, 6 on the bench. Who was his main opposition uh, in terms of starting? This was the Paul Gallon v Tamalolo show. It was going to be one of these two. And Who didn't vote? Jason Tamalolo? Uh, it's a good question. I'll have a look as, we, as we're going through it well, here. Well, see, when I, I look at Jason, I'll give you a chance to find that. When I think Jason Tamalolo, I don't think we've ever seen a guy with that much power, speed, endurance play in the 13. Now, you talk about Sam Burgess, but that's he's a totally different player. He's straight up and down, whereas Tamalolo, you know, Sam's been rocked by injuries and suspensions and stuff like that. Tamalolo, for me, has been... Easily, you think about the year fifteen when they when they win, sixteen, seventeen. He almost single handedly carries them, you know, to a grand final, uh, and then eighteen. And this year, you know, eighteen was probably not his best year, but this year he's still been outstanding. Well, I look at this team and to have to answer that question. Steve Renoff had no room for Taumalolo or Burgess wow. in his team. So who did he, he have? He's the only one who didn't pick both players in his team. He had Jake Trebojevic in the back row with mm. Boyd Cordner, which is odd given Jake hasn't played a lot of second row. He had Corey Parker at lock. Very good player, Corey Parker. But I think a lot of people would agree that he's probably not in the Taumalolo or Gallon mould. Yeah. Uh, for me, Taumalolo at the moment, obviously the best forward in the game, but pre-rugby Sam Burgess is the best forward I've seen. And I'm only 31 years old, but pre-rugby mm. Sam Burgess was incredible. Yeah, he and was. That, that year, we played against them uh, when they won the premiership in 2014. And we finished fourth that year. But there was a an aura around Sam and Tom and George, but Sam, led by Sam, that he may have been the best. And I didn't see a lot of the older English players, but he was probably the best overseas player that I'd played against, uh, knowing that what he did. And, and you sit back and watch him now. And again, the last couple of years been injury and, and 14 took a lot out of him. Yeah, uh, I think, and going to rugby and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's the best I've seen in terms of forwards coming from overseas. Well, I hope this this last year or two doesn't tarnish his reputation. The, the judiciary, mm. the penalties, and, and these things that keep highlighting in his game over the last 18 months, I hope it doesn't tarnish what we've seen from him because he is incredible. Yeah, let's get to the bench. Uh, this was yeah, contentious for some people, Chamis, because... 
again, you either pick your best 17 and some uh, players and coaches, of course, they picked three or four fullbacks on the bench. But I'm going to go what the results dictated. And the first bench player was Paul Gallon with 17 votes. Yeah, 17 votes up against Tom Malolo. I think that's fair. Paul Gallon is, is, has to be in this best team of the last 10 years, given what he's been through. Hasn't got a great winning record. Obviously, mm. I, I don't know how many players would have lost more games than Paul Gallon over this period. Yeah, well, you play more games and you, you lose... Yeah, you're going to lose some games. Of course, we don't forget the early stages, Cronulla, when he went across there. You know, they weren't great. Mm. A couple of lean years there. They had the off-field stuff as well. So um, I had him in my side. You have him in yours? Oh, 100%. He was on my bench. I had Tamalolo starting. But you had to have Paul Gallard in the team, given not just what he did for Cronulla winning that maiden premiership, but people didn't like some of his, his involvement in origin. But he was New South Wales through and through. He kept New South Wales... Kept Origin relevant when New South yeah. Wales were starting to lose interest. And I played in that game. He played 80 minutes up front. Yeah, Incredible. absolutely outstanding. Uh, so my bench, just before I, I forget, I had Munster. I had Jared Warrior Hargreaves, who you know, surprisingly didn't get too many votes. Um, I had Wade Graham and I had uh, Andrew Fafita, I think. Or yeah. Jesse Bromwich. Jesse Bromwich, yeah. Well... Wade Graham and Jared Warrior Hargraves finished with seven votes, so they weren't far off. The cutoff at the end was nine. Uh, that was the least amount to get into the team. So they weren't far off, uh, both those players. Warrior Hargraves, probably, as we said earlier with Burgess in terms of penalties, maybe his reputation and ill-discipline cost him a spot in that team. But Wade Graham, yeah, phenomenal yeah. player. A lot of people had him on his bench, and I think... The other person on the bench we've said is Luke Lewis. If Luke Lewis wasn't on the bench, Wade Graham would be there because yeah. he probably they both can offer utility value and are very versatile and and similar in their ways. So, well, yeah. the rest of the bench was so Paul Gallon got seventeen. Of course, Sonny Bill uh, he polled fifteen, so he could have almost been the starter if it wasn't for people picking him on the start of the bench. Luke Lewis and Jamie Lyon. I had him in the centres. Um, were you surprised that they're? Who was your biggest surprise that probably was borderline that didn't make that bench? Well, we didn't know how to, to, to finish off the bench because technically Jamie Lyon received was one of the top 17 vote receivers. Right. But he didn't receive any on the bench, and it felt a bit out of place to pick him on the bench if he hadn't received any. James Tedesco received eight votes with six of those on the bench. And we were thinking, do they count... Do they count more than Jamie Lyon's centre positions? And it's probably hard to leave someone out given the fact they were given uh, nine votes in the starting side. So James Tedesco probably, if you had an 18th man, would be in the team. But Jamie Lyon just gets him there. And I think with Lyon, as we said earlier, if he plays rep football, he's he's a starter in this team. Yeah, and again, I I went along the lines of you know, if I'm picking a 17 in position, you know, Kevin Munster... Uh, his development still my favourite player to sit down and watch. Jared Rhea Hargraves, I don't think he's he falls into that category for me, Chamis, that probably gets judged a lot by the physicality that he plays the game at. He's always on that line. Uh, you know, he's not always liked by everyone, but for me, he was the head of the snake that we had to attack when we were playing him. If we felt like we could get to him uh, rather than him get to us, we felt like we had a chance of winning, mm. and, and we did in 14. Wade Graham, I just. This kid's, I love him. I, I can't even call him a kid. He's, he's a man, but his skill factor. And I just thought, as soon as New South Wales, if he was fit, as soon as New South Wales got him in their team this year, they weren't going to lose. They were a different team with him. Yeah. They are different. And the Sharks are as well. Um, and I had Andrew Fafita. Again, he's like Jared Rhea Hargraves because you look at his domination between maybe 10 and 15, probably even 16 when they won the comp, was second to none. Yeah, well, Andrew Fafita, as we said when we discussed the props, probably unlucky to miss out, and I, and he hasn't had a good year. So 
Maybe that recency bias of how good he actually was. I mean, when he was going, there was rumours he was going to the Bulldogs for eight hundred. Um, but he was that was when he was the premium forward in the game. Yeah, well, I'm surprised Roger Tuivasa Sheck only four votes. You're talking about I know that no one was ever going to pick Bill, Billy Slater for fullback, but he played a lot of football in this generation, in this decade on the wing for the well, Roosters. Well, let's get to the second team because we we did a second team uh, of of guys that just missed out, and we've mentioned pretty much all of them, but there are a few surprises. Um, I'll run through the team and then you give me probably your biggest surprise and talking points out of it. So James Tedesco beats Tommy Turbo beats uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Yeah, and a lot of those votes, Tommy, well, all those votes, six of the eight votes that Tedesco received were on the bench and same with Trebojevic and Tuivasa-Shek. When they were picked, majority of votes they received were on the bench as the 17 there. So uh, it's hard. If you if you take away Billy Slater from that fullback voting and you ask them to pick the next best fullback... I don't know if Tedesco wins that. Maybe Roger Tuivasa-Shek gets a lot closer than we think. Mm. But, yeah. It's interesting. Let's get to the wingers. Uh, and again, this one, they probably had... Both these guys probably had two seasons, maybe, where they were elite. I don't know if they were ever up to the standard of a, a Jared Hayne or a Brett Morris. But uh, he did poll a lot of votes. Semi Radra and Valentine Holmes. Yeah, this is, I think Semi deserves his spot there. A little bit surprised about Valentine Holmes. I... I thought someone I thought someone might scrape in who probably has as we said hasn't finished his career well finishing his career very strongly is Darius Boyd. He was a phenomenal fullback and well, he was the Red other Football. winger picked with Brett Morris for Correct, years yeah. and Queensland one of Queensland's greatest ever try scorers. Yeah, and people are quick to mock him at the moment given some of the struggles he's having, but you know firsthand just how good Darius Boyd won a comp in 2010. Obviously played in the grand final with Brisbane when he went back there. Uh, it's one of those things, isn't it, Chambers? Because you talk about Thurston being named six. He only played a handful of games at six for the uh, Queensland side. Boyd played on the wing, but his whole career he's been a fullback. Clive Churchill medalist, two-time premiership winner. Uh, yeah, made another grand final this year. So he was very unlucky to miss out. He only pulled one vote. Well, if, you, if, you, if you're actually generally picking the best team, then... Well, we've seen it. Brett Morris is the only genuine winger there. The, yeah. the rest are fullbacks. We're yeah. talking about and Rad Radra and Rad Radra. Yeah. So the rest are all fullbacks who had to play wing because they weren't you know, yeah. better than Billy Slater to play for Australia. Let's get to the centres. Steve Maddai was an interesting selection, and Will Chambers. Now, I was a big fan of Will Chambers. I even said to you last year that after game one, I felt like uh, before that that Will Chambers was still the best defensive and attacking centre in the world. Latrell Mitchell handed it to him last year, but he bounced back this year. He, he's They've switched him sides. He's shown his versatility. And, and of course, Steve Maddow. Well, what says a lot for me about this, about Will Chambers, is we sat, I spoke to Craig Bellamy about his team of the, of the decade. And his centre wasn't... It was Jack Greg Inglis, obviously, but his other centre wasn't Will Chambers. It was Steve Maddow. Mm. And that says a lot about Steve Maddow because Melbourne and Manly had plenty of tough battles over the years. Yeah. And the fact that Steve Maddow got in his team ahead of Hodges, ahead of Chambers, ahead of Lyon, it speaks volumes for what Steve Maddow and the respect Melbourne had for him over the years. It does. Let's get to the halves. Of course, Cameron Munster, is that a surprise? No, not a surprise. Like Tedesco and Trebojevic and two of us, Ashek, he received a lot of votes on the bench. Didn't receive a starting vote. I think he received six of his votes on Recency the bench. Recency biased? Oh... Maybe, maybe a little bit. I think James Maloney, I think we obviously James Maloney is moved in. We'll get to him. He's, he's the seven. So you'd think probably they're the next best two. Foran was good at the start of the decade, fell away in the back half. Um, he, was a, he was one of the best players in the world. Oh, Benji? Benji, I think. Benji's caught, his best football is probably 
pre-10. at the end of the last decade and the start of this decade. So obviously, in 05 was sensational. Uh, some of the other names that we sort of threw out there, you know, in, in the halves, Daly Cherry Evans, Mitchell Pierce, not in the category of some of the guys that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because James Maloney is the seven. We've spoken about him and a couple of those names. Again, I was surprised maybe DCE didn't get a vote. Even Mitchell Pierce. I mean, you know, a lot of Origin games, a premiership, four minor premierships. So. Probably he was unlucky. Outside of Cooper Cromp, the most successful club number seven we've seen in this decade. And because you don't class James Maloney as a seven, of course, he played six. Uh, let's get to the front row. Now, uh, James Graham and Jared Maria Hargraves. James Graham, how did he poll in terms of votes? He finished with seven. Uh, when you consider the team, the, the main team finished with the cutoff around nine, James Graham was very close to getting to this team and... Uh, hard to argue with those with Maria Hargraves and James Graham both enforcers and mm. carried their teams there especially at Canterbury James Graham at Canterbury Oh, he was. we talk about it? Sam Burgess and his impact on South Sydney he, it was almost just as influential with great James Graham not just on the field but off the field as well now controversial this one because Michael Morgan is the nine not one player not one nine past or present polled a vote at all, so we had to put Michael Morgan the utility value slots into there. Now I'm thinking of names straight away. Uh, for me, Michael Ennis, mm. Robbie Farrar, mm. Damian Cook. None of those guys were even put on a bench anywhere. So Michael Morgan goes into the nine. I think everyone assumed if you're picking Cameron Smith, you're not taking him off the field. He's playing 80 minutes as he's done for the majority of his career. So not a single vote for anyone else. So we had a choice. Uh, who, who's your nine? When you look at considering all the people who have received the vote during this Team of the Decade uh, voting. You look at, you've got uh, Michael Morgan, Benji Marshall, Cherry Evans, maybe Josh Maguire if you had to, Kieran Foreigner. Of those guys, I think probably Michael Maguire would handle that nine. Uh, Michael Maguire, Michael Morgan would handle that nine probably uh, better than the others. Let's have a look at the back row, Jemis. Wade Graham, Sam Thiday and Corey Parker. I don't think there's too many surprises there. No, the, the guys that I think that are probably unluck, unlucky, uh, Anthony Watmo. Yeah, Glenn Stewart. Glenn Stewart, Greg Birds. The, these guys here probably didn't have success at New South Wales level over those years to put them over the top of someone like a Sam Thiday. The other one, Matt Gillett and Tyson Frizzell didn't receive many votes either. No. I, I, they both we'll struggled. go through the votes at the end, so we'll just um, we'll keep going because we've been going 26 minutes. Uh, the bench quickly was Fafida, Jake Trebojevic, Tom Trebojevic, two of us a check. Now, um, Tom on the bench probably surprised me. I think that's a recency bias one. Yeah, maybe. If Sonny Bill Williams can get in there on two years, I think then Tom Trebojevich on the back of three or four, probably I'm comfortable with that. He'll be in the next team of the decade without doubt. So will uh, so will his brother. That's the interesting one. I was thinking last night, who do you have in the... Uh, if you're looking forward, who would be in your next team of the decade? Some, some be, big names. Would it be Tamalolo? Would it be Jake Trebojevich? Okay, let's run. Let's wrap this up and run through the, the total votes of 23 former players and coaches. I'll give you a chance to get the list up of who voted and you can run through that quickly, Chamis. But repeating the team of the decade uh, as voted by these players on NRL.com. Uh, Billy Slater at fullback, Jared Hayne and Brett Morris on the wings, Justin Hodges and Greg Inglis in the centres. Jonathan Thurston, Cooper Cronk is the halves. Matt Scott and Jesse Bromwich up front with Cameron Smith, the nine, and probably captain, I would say. Boyd Cordner, Sam Burgess in the back row, and Jason Tamalolo at lock. The bench would be Paul Gallen, Sonny Bill Williams, Luke Lewis and Jamie Lyon. Uh, 
Give us quickly the list of who voted, Chemis, and then we'll run through the total votes and wrap it up. Yeah, we had Phil Gould, Mal Meninga, Andrew Johns, Craig Bellamy, Trent Robinson, Ricky Stewart, Bob Fulton. Uh, we also had Darren Lockyer, Wally Lewis, Danny Badiris, Laurie Daly, Peter Sterling, Gordon Tallis, Ben Eichen, yourself, Trent Barrett, Brett Kamali, Jeff Tuvey, Ryan Girdler, Craig Wing, Steve Renoff, and Mark Graham. So an all-star panel there. Before we go, Jamie, who's your coach of the decade? We didn't vote on it, but who's your coach? Um, it, can, can you go past Craig Bellamy? I probably had Trent Robinson. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, Craig's been doing it for a lot longer, and he probably you know should have the, the top job. But I just like the fact that Trent Robinson has almost gone toe to toe with the Melbourne Storm and their system. So I'd, I'm splitting hairs, but I'd, I'd Craig Bellamy probably. But Trent well, this Robinson. season could define who is the coach of the decade. If yeah. You, Depending if, on who wins this year. That's exactly right. Okay, let's run through this real quickly. Three players received maximum votes. They were Greg Inglis, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston. Three players received all but one vote. Slater, Billy Slater, Sam Burgess, Jason, Jason Tamalolo, Cooper Cronk had 21. Matt Scott had 20. Paul Gallen, 17. Jesse Bromwich, 16. Boyd Cordner and Sonny Bill had 15. Jared Hayne, 11. Justin Hodges, 10. Brett Morris, 9. Luke Lewis and Jamie Lyon had 9. Semi Rajraja and James Tedesco had eight. James Graham, Wade Graham, Cameron Munster, Jared Rhea Hargraves had seven. Roger Tuovasashek, Valentine Holmes, Tom Trevojevic had four. Three, Andrew Fafida, Sam Thiday, Corey Parker, Jake Trevojevic. Two, Glenn Stewart, Anthony Watmau, David Clemmer, James Maloney, Latrell Mitchell, Will Chambers, Josh Adokar, Manu Vatavai and Jordan Rapana. And all these players received one vote in the 23 past, present uh, coaches and players polled for NRL.com Team of the Decade. That was Tyson Frizzell, Kieran Foran, Ben Teo, Josh Papali, Josh McGuire, Daly Cherry Evans, Benji Marshall, Michael Morgan, Matt Gillette, Dan Gagai, Petro Sivanasiva, Darren Lockyer, Felice Kafusi, Corey Oates, Darius Boyd, Suliasi Vinavalu, Simon Mannering, and Steve Matai. Thank you very much, Michael Chemis. Great idea. I'm sure it's created lots of talking around the water cooler. Uh, and we'll uh, wait and see what happens in the next decade. But uh, who was your favourite player this past decade? Oh, I'm going to say. I'm going to say, it's probably not a popular opinion, but I love Jared Hayne. I love watching Jared Hayne at his best. And uh, we didn't see a lot of it, but when he was at his best, he uh, I was glued to the TV. He was one you want to watch. Mine, I, I couldn't split, but I always sat down and watched Jonathan Thurston. Uh, one guy, the ultimate competitor, uh, is the only way you can sum him up. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week. Make sure you jump online, rate, review and subscribe. Until then, have a good one.